Hey there, friend. Before we dive into today's episode of the True to You podcast, I want to take one minute of your time to tell you about something really fun that starts next week on September the 8th. It's called the Creator Club. And this is a streamlined 90-day or three-month community for creative women in small business. And you are the type of woman that is ready for more structure, support, and accountability. Now, from the outside, scrolling your Instagram feed, we don't see everything that goes on behind the scenes. I know you're that woman that is reliant solely on her energy to get herself out of bed and make money, create the clients, do all the things, not to mention juggling the dog, your other half, the kids, and making lots of decisions all the time. And this can be a lot to take on. So having the support of a community to bounce ideas off and not make this uh, so overwhelming is incredibly powerful. It would be nice, wouldn't it, if once in a while you had the opportunity to exhale, to give yourself some space to be guided by someone in terms of planning, setting goals and leaning into some of those areas that you might be feeling a little bit stuck right now. I would love to move through that so that I can conquer that goal before the end of 2020. And mostly this community is about giving you the space to feel supported and give you more tools to feel energized and be excited about the journey that you're on. I don't need to give you more information. There's plenty of information out there, but tools that support our energy and support us to thrive through this work with the support of other women is undoubtedly the most essential way for us to move forward in our businesses. We start on September 8th and you can find out all the details by clicking the link in the show notes or heading to rubymarsh.com slash the create her club, create her club or one word. Okay, let's get on with it then, shall we? I want to introduce my guest today. She is a beautiful friend of mine, a local friend here in Newcastle and I would say quite an inspiration for me when it comes to the collaborations that she works on. She is the founder of Altered Studio, which is the place where you bring an idea and together we breathe it to life. Jess began her design career many years ago working for Lisa Messenger at the much adored Creative Hub magazine. After moving on to Aussie favourites Sea Folly and Malia, she took a chance a really awesome chance it turned out to be, that saw her relocate to Los Angeles and pursue her career within the fashion industry. Since returning home to Australia, Jess Wells has steadily built her career and her client base and portfolio to focus on bigger projects and clients whose values mirror her own. Having experienced the dark and wasteful side of the fashion industry firsthand, she is committed to a future where collaborations value the hearts and the back pockets of the people they want to serve and they're in the right place first and foremost. So there's there's a real sustainable aspect to her work. Then this episode we drop the formalities and it's much like a conversation between two girlfriends which I absolutely love. We dive into Jess's story, of course, and her journey. So you get a few more details there on this uh 
unfolding journey, which included a stint in Los Angeles, how she came to be really led by values and learned big lessons around boundaries and burnouts. We also talk about how she makes money in her business, her business model, and really how she's been able to find her fit as a designer with a graphic background, but now her work encompasses so much more than that. I'm very excited for you to tune into today's episode. Here we go. Jess Wells. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome, Jess, to the True to You podcast. It's so beautiful to be in your space today and doing this in person. It feels like a a rare uh, occasion these days, doesn't it? It does. Thanks so much for coming. <laughs> That's quite all right. Uh, Jess is a friend of mine who is a local creative here in Newcastle, and I really wanted to introduce my community to Jess's work and to her story because I've always loved hearing the creative collaborations that she has done as a designer, and I think. This conversation is going to open up so many different ways for you to look at your career, especially as a designer, because I know we have architects and interior designers and artists and all sorts of people that listen to this show, but for anyone really in whatever profession you're in, because she works with lots of different people from different backgrounds and collaborations both in design and some other specific projects which we'll hear about as well but first Jess I want you to share with us a little bit about your career journey because that was one of the things that we talked about when I first connected with you last year and I thought it was so fascinating all the different things that you've done you've lived in LA uh, you have done yoga teacher training, you've had a few crazy bosses in your time, and you've had a particular breakdown to breakthrough moment that has led you on a more aligned path, shall we say now? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so would you like to share with us a little bit about that journey and what you're doing today? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm trying to think where to start, but um, I guess it starts back in 2013. Um, it's a while ago now, seven years, my goodness. Um, but I was a brand new designer out in the world, freshly graduated and absolutely petrified to start my yeah. career. Um, just at that point, not really having any proof that I was going to make it or, or how to make it or whatever. Um, but I was living up in Brisbane and got a job with a magazine in Sydney. Um, so I decided to take that and make the move down there. Um, I had actually put up a pot. It, it was a funny manifestation story, actually, because one year previous to getting this role, um, I'd posted on Instagram about wanting that specific job, but I'd been too afraid to um, apply for it at the time. And I kind of had posted that up on my feed and um, 
and completely forgotten about it. And one year later, I, I got my first design job at that magazine. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, and that was sort of what started it all. Um, and thrusted you, I imagine, into life in Sydney, number one, which mm-hmm. uh, you come from Brisbane, so relatively... Actually Sydney, was, but I'd moved yeah, out a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess in your working life, it is so different being thrusted into that corporate culture out of uni and, you know, uni lifestyle is pretty, pretty uh, Easy. easygoing, mm-hmm. you know, it has its peaks and troughs of, um, of crazy times, but... Yeah, that would have been that would have been an interesting time. It was your dream job, but also I imagine working for a magazine is full on. Is it? It was full on. <laughs> it was like the it was barely any money. I mean, wow. moving you know to Sydney and starting out on my own really for the first time, um, making ends meet was tricky. Mm. Uh, but it definitely was. The stars had aligned yeah. to to get me into that job. Um, yeah. Even from the point that I had been down in the Blue Mountains for a friend's um, uh, bridal shower, when I got the email, or when I got the email to say that I had the interview, mm. so I all of my friends like kind of rallied to keep. I was about to fly back to Brisbane. We all rallied to like sort it out that I'd have somewhere to stay for a week before I had the interview, and um, so I stayed in Sydney. I had my friends drive me down to the interview and. I got the interview out of, I think it was over 100 people, but it was very, very much like everything slid into place. So there was no doubt for me that it was the right move to make. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty tumultuous first job. It was a startup, uh, a magazine that's pretty well known, but it was a startup. And it was so creatively um, expressive because I my role was a designer and illustrator. So I was like illustrating and designing, but... Because we were a startup, we were also going to events and and you know meeting interesting people and that kind of thing. But um, it was a lot for a first job, that's for mm. sure. Mm. Yeah. And then where did you go after that? What made you leave that job and pursue your next direction? So I think I was kind of itching. I was. I felt like I'd kind of reached the peak creatively in that role I had kind of like I'm always one of those people who kind of tries to find the next move um never in like a I, I would even struggle to call it ambitious but just it's just the creative itch you know like what can I do next yeah. um and I I'd kind of hit a point that I wasn't feeling any more movement mm. and so I applied for my next job in Sydney, which was with Sea Folly. Yeah. Um, and I got that one. Um, I actually was a little bit concerned that that wouldn't be creatively as exciting because it's a bit more of a typical brand. You know, mm. they've got their creative, um, they've got their aesthetic set, they've got their brand set. Um, and I didn't know that would allow me as much fun mm. in my mm. job. And that yeah. was important. Yeah. Um, but it actually did in the end. It was even more creative, I found, once I'd gotten in there. And did you move to LA with Sea Folly? Was no, 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 even still not. So um, while I was with Sea Folly, I, I was there for a couple of years. I um, loved it. Uh, we did 
you know, we were on shoots, we were kind of involved in a bit of a rebrand when it was bought by LVMH, mm-hmm. um, Louis Vuitton in, I can't remember what year, maybe 2015, 2016. Um, and I was working a lot on... Um, Malaya when they launched it, so that was under the Sea Folly brand. It's another, um, it's another swimwear brand, um, and I don't know. I was kind of things are going really well. I was given a lot of um, a lot of opportunity. I was directing shoots for Malaya and kind of running that art directing that wow. brand, which was really exciting. But it was a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, because you had to come up with the concept then you had to pull together all of these elements of the shoot Mm -hmm. then the shoot had to go (laughs) had to go well I can just imagine like especially a lot of these shoots for swimwear are done outdoors and yeah making sure you had the right budgets and the team and the and I think as well because the company which I like I loved working there and I loved the people I worked with but the company was undergoing so much change Mm -hmm. at that time and I'm the kind of person who gives my all and it was like wrong place, right place, right time, wrong, right place, wrong time, I guess, because so much was put on me and I didn't say no. So I just kept going, yes, yes, yes. And I was trying to juggle a lot. And so I was still working on Sea Folly while kind of directing the launch of Malaya. And it was everything I dreamed of create, like for a career, but also I was absolutely exhausted mm. by the end of it mm. um, like well by launch of Malaya um, so yeah it was kind of an interesting time because it, it up to that point I'd only been you know designing or in that in my career per se um, for a couple of years but it had increased really rapidly yeah. to the point that I had um, a Victoria's Secret model as the one that I'd chosen you know wow. I was working with yeah. so it was it was pretty quick and um, I was burnt out so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have practices at the time to manage your well-being, or was it the pure fact that the workload was so much? Uh, were people around you not modelling great boundaries and all of the above? All of the above. I think um, I didn't have any. I didn't have good boundaries. And there, there was an expectation within the industry that you, this is just part of the job. So there was one, there, the day that really sticks out in my mind is um, 28 hours straight we worked for. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you're into human design at all. No, I can relate to the 28 hours straight because architects in my past life, we had deadlines that yeah. often people would work overnight mm-hmm. or really long hours and then a few hours of sleep and so yeah I can I can remember that distantly <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me like, no it just feels like you've especially when you're working and I, I'm not at all led by money but I think when you are working for a salary and you're there, there needs to be an equal give and take. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm okay to go over and above sometimes, but I think that it, as a person who struggles to set boundaries, I just felt like I was being yeah. milked. Yeah. You know, like I, I felt like I had no energy outside of work. And, and that prob- just didn't make sense. Yeah, and probably no 
no way out like you're mm. you're just doggy doggy paddling above the surface Absolutely. like <laughs> and like looking at it going oh my god I am you know like I've just been given like a, a ridiculously big well, like a, to me it was a huge budget to do this incredible thing that creatively I was getting mm. super like I was getting kicks out of it I was like oh my god look what I've done mm. and at the same time I was driving to work with tears rolling down my face for no good reason like yeah. nothing had happened specifically yeah. but I was just exhausted yeah so um human design you mentioned uh, that yeah I was just gonna say I'm not I'm more into astrology probably than than human design but I'm a manifester in human design yeah and I think that for me um I work in like short sharp bursts yeah which has taken me a long time to accept and appreciate yeah because, you know, when you work for someone else, they're kind of expecting you to churn, churn, churn. Mm. And I would be like, why can't I churn? And then I would turn it on and it would come quick and fast. But then then I'd kind of be uninspired for a while. And, yeah, it was just like this f- funny kind of reality that didn't quite seem to – my process didn't seem to fit inside the corporate process. Yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah, I think that's why I burnt out so much. If you you know if you prescribe to that kind of yeah, um, you know, that theory of, of human design. Yeah, 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 so interesting. Yeah. How did you end up in the yoga world then? How did you end up studying yoga? And you've done bits and pieces of training. Yes. I know yes. over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happened was um, it hit a point where I just couldn't be in that environment anymore and so I, I resigned from that job um, and my plan at that point I had already been practicing for a few years I think I started practicing um, at like 19 or something it was mm. when I was at uni um, so and I and I always had kind of an inkling that maybe one day I do my training which I think anyone who not yeah. anyone but a lot of people yeah. who practice are like curious yeah um, so yeah I quit my job there and it was very much a leap kind of moment I didn't have I think I must have had just enough savings to not totally freak out but my plan was to um oh actually I just started work on um my first book collaboration with um Axel and Ash so it was on the Life's a Road Trip journal um and so that kind of was a decent sized freelance job to get me out and my plan was to go full-time freelance but one of the first jobs I took was a month-long gig with um, another – this is all getting to the yoga stuff, by the way, but it, it is a bit of a roundabout story. So um, it was a, um, another fashion company based in Sydney who wanted me for just a month in the same kind of role that yeah. I've been doing for Seabrolly. So I took that role um, thinking it would be only a month, but after two weeks they let me know that they were relocating their team to L.A. and – did I want to come along as well? Yeah. So, yeah, basically I got offered a full relocation to LA at that point. Um, and I guess because, I mean, I, I knew that I couldn't say no to that opportunity. I cried all weekend long after <laughs> being asked because I was petrified. Yeah. Um, but I knew that it was too good to refuse. And then, but part of it for me and part of what I reconciled in my head, if I'm going to take another job another full-time corporate role then 
I'm taking it for the experience of moving to another country versus um, to further my career in the mm. industry. Mm. And I very specifically remember telling my friend, I'm going for something other than work. Like mm. there's something else in this for me. And you were going to the the mecca of of spirituality and yoga or one of in the states there are others but maybe the modern day mecca yeah yeah <laughs> i think yeah. india can probably hold that for yeah. a long time yeah. but <laughs> hold mecca but yeah um uh yeah exactly i didn't even know that though yeah not at all. that was yeah. not in my awareness that i was heading towards more yoga yeah um, but that's what it definitely became ah oh, amazing that's so cool and in terms of your practices now, so having gone through the, this period of burnout, discovering what, uh, or starting to discover what, what your creative process was and what you needed to feel sustained and that whole fashion world was mm-hmm. not sustaining you, the combination of these things, did it allow you to... bring some balance back into your life do you think uh did you did you repeat the same cycles or and and then eventually have the learning (laughs) how did how did did it go yeah um well I think you know now that I'm in my 30s I can look back and I can see how it all connected but at the time it didn't Mm. necessarily feel like it was um I I definitely I have gathered tools along my journey to and practices that have absolutely allowed me now to manage my energy and to just accept my processes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't learn my lesson super quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I went over to the States and hated my job. Yeah. Loved every single other thing about the experience though. So it was definitely the right um, the right move. And I didn't mention earlier, but basically what happened is I met my yoga teacher. Uh, within the first week of being there and I've since done 550 hours worth of mm-hmm. training with her um, and that process of the last few years of what I mean I think I started it not meaning to become a yoga teacher but just to deepen my practice mm-hmm. but it's become a journey of I guess self self inquiry mm-hmm. and um, I think as as you grow older, you you must, I mean, you know, we can only know our own version of the truth. We know we all yeah. have our own lives and the way that it panned out. And I think with time, of course, you get to know yourself on a deeper and deeper level. But I think that the, the yoga teaching, teacher training journey deepened my knowledge of myself in a way that wouldn't have happened without yeah. it. I, I, I believe that too yeah. as someone that's done a lot of meditation and now back into into yoga again and I think that yeah that that reflection practice that awareness Mm -hmm. practice it expedites things sometimes it shines a light on things that you don't want to see as well we're not saying like a double-edged sword yes it's the best for self-growth and for for pushing your edge but also you have to take it on like you Mm. have to be responsible Mm. You know, and that's the thing. Like, you can't see a truth about yourself and then just pop it back in the box. Yeah. Like, you, there's It'll no come back yeah. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And especially this year, I think, has highlighted for even people without an awareness practice all of the things that have gone on in the world 
that there is a lot of stuff now we can't unsee because mm. of social media yes. and uh, media that, that puts it mm. as in front of us. So almost mm. collectively, we've had to to flex that awareness muscle and like you say, choose what we do with it. And sometimes people will want to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So what, what are some of the specific practices you have to, I guess, support your well-being other than yoga? What else do you do? And, and do they help your creativity as well, that creative yeah, flow? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have any kind of, um, you know, I would love to have a ritual, like a daily ritual that I keep to. It's just not in my nature. I'm hugely, my astrology chart is hugely Piscean and I'm yes. super watery. You're definitely Piscean. I think I have like three planets in, in Pisces or something, yeah. which Jana calls it, stelli- my teacher calls it stellium light, yeah. um, which means very very passing and but fluid. Um, very fluid so <laughs> I don't have anything that I stick to daily um, but I give myself a break and I realize that what I am good at is understanding like what I need moment to moment there are times when I get overwhelmed and kind of drop the ball but nature's a really big thing mm. for me mm. so um, I live conveniently between like I think I'm three sides surrounded by water because I live up on the hill yeah. so I've got like the harbour I've got Newcastle yeah. Beach and then um, you know Bar not too far Bar Beach not too far away and I spend a lot of time just walking along the coast mm-hmm. um, I so I lean on that a lot if I get you know a little bit of nature every day I find that that really does help to ground me mm-hmm. um, and if I am getting overwhelmed I find that if I get out there that's the only thing that really distracts me. I, I struggle to sit and meditate when I'm really busy mm. with um, my design work. And so that kind of acts as a, as a kind of meditation for me. Yeah. So that's my number one, I think. And then I, I do do yoga. I, I do practice yoga nidra, which is um, an excellent rest practice. Mm. Mm. I, I prioritize sleep above Almost everything else. Yes. <laughs> Literally above I'm almost everything else. Yeah. 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 If I don't get, a, if I know, and, and I'll even take, like, you know, I've got lavender oil and I take magnesium and mm. I do all the things to make sure that my sleep is sorted. Yeah. Because then I can wake up and, you know, it's a new day and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I would love to switch a little bit now into some talk about your business, if you're if you're open to that. Uh, something that I loved when I first met you is that I thought to myself, this is a woman that's very clear on her values, things that, that you really value in your life and therefore bring into your business as well, because I think that life and business especially as a creative person it's hard to really keep those those separate because one informs the other and I think that that's also then led you to the collaborations that you've done the clients that you attract would you agree you're someone that yes Yes. very value driven what are some of your values um well I think this and this is the, the the piece about the breadcrumbs like looking back and realizing why you made the decisions you did because you know, sliding doors moment. I could have stayed as a creative, like I could have become a creative director in the fashion mm. industry, but mm. I just 
couldn't. I felt like I was selling my soul. I earlier in my career I worked in advertising and again selling my soul. I just I think I've always felt um, such an agency over my own life, mm. and I've always taken that very seriously. Like I know that the decisions I make influence the future that I have, mm. and. Um, you know, it's been a learning curve for sure. And I think I'm just, I'm good at onboarding the lesson. So I've, been, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not great with boundaries. So the best boundary I can make is to, to not, it's either to say yes to something that's an absolute yes or no to something that I'm not sure about at that time. Yeah. Because then I'm not having to do it again and again and again in the future. Yeah. So I, I've just had to be really, um, I put my all into projects, so I have to be selective. Mm. Um, and I'd rather because I'm because I'm more about um, the quality of life. I've ne- and like I said, I've never been money driven, though I do like nice things. Yes. I don't want to. Yes. It doesn't not matter to me, but it's just not the driver. Yeah. Um, I think that that you know that gut feeling of like life can be wonderful, mm. not one hundred percent of the time, but it can be that's been the thing that's um, helped me make my decisions. And I think um, my, in terms of my values, I think I don't haven't specified them specifically, but I think it's just goodness and um, believing that we, we do have that agency mm. and um, you've got to, you've got to work for it, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, when, when I have been lucky, luck has played, luck has played into it being in the right place at the right time. I remember hearing that quote, um, luck is preparation and, um, what is that quote? Preparation meets, oh, something about like, right, it's the right place, right time. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, I think I've been in the right place at the right time in terms of a few different jobs that I've gotten and then I put my all into them mm. and then they've sprouted other jobs and other connections yeah. and and that's kind of been the the trajectory of my mm. career has been one great job and a lot of like blood, sweat and tears yeah. in that one great job yeah. has, has resulted in another and another. So, um, yeah, and I think that that's just found me in a position where I'm getting the good inquiries too. Mm. So I don't have yeah. to look too hard because yeah. I've kind of put the work in yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there anything specific in terms of the types of projects that you say yes to? Um, because that's a boundary. What you say yes to and what you say no to, isn't yeah, it? And, yeah, for sure. And now attracting the right clients, it also must be because you're very clear on what you need to say yes to. And yeah. Um, I think, yeah, so now, I mean, it's it's been constantly evolving what I say yes and no to. Because I think maybe when, when we met, I was, which was only like a couple of years ago, um, there was, like, I was full in some areas and not in others, and I felt very uncertain about things. Um, but what I found is when I kind of let it come in and then just kind of, rather than I'm chasing after things, I let them come in and kind of sort them through. I think now I'm at a point where I take on bigger role, like mm. bigger jobs. So mm. I, I try to avoid little ones here and there because, to be honest, I'm not um, a great 
manager of my time. Mm. That's not my mm. that's not my strong suit. So I take on big jobs. Like most recently, I did um, a book with um, Sally mm. from Healthy Nourish Soul, and my role in that particular project was to creatively direct from start to finish. So. Mm. She wanted to make a book. I said it's possible. We went out and did the shoot and the um, like, kind of fleshed out the idea and gave it like, kind of padded it up and built it up. And I designed it and then sent um, sent it to print mm. um, with Ash Powell, who um, was from Axel and Ash. Mm. So she did the production side and I did the creative side. Sally wrote it. So that was months long that mm. project. Um, which was good for me because I can manage my time within that, but it's just like like finicky jumping client to client that I don't love. Yeah. So then um, another thing I've got on the go at the moment is um, my yoga teacher, Jana Roma, is um, she's creating, or she's already got Attune to the Moon, which is basically um, a platform which provides yoga practices, breathwork practices, meditation, yoga nidra, um, which are aimed to sync you up with the, the planetary kind of mm. positioning. Um, and so now I'm creative directing her new new platform, which would go live in the next couple of months. And so that involves user experience design, um, full website design, mm. lot like branding and everything for that. So it's, it's not just a little piece of the puzzle. It's like, come to me with the vision and yeah. I'll hold it all. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that's my preference now is to take on things that I can really have a say in and really help elevate mm. because, again, I put everything in, you know, even from copywriting and stuff like that, like I'll go all in on it. Mm. And it um, sounds so aligned with where your skills are anyway yeah. that it is the perfect match for you. You're a visionary, obviously, and you're able to also take someone's vision and know what the pieces of the puzzle look like and mm. how to bring it together yeah yeah I love that I love that that's really cool so how so you've talked a little bit about these bigger projects being the main things how do you make money in your business what does that look like <laughs> the big the scary question yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's one thing when you um when I was looking at the questions when you sent them through to me um I'm, again, back to the Pisces thing, I'm not super organized and structured. Um, and I'm, I am leaning on the, the way that work keeps flowing to me. So, mm. so these, these projects, they pay, they pay yeah. me and yeah. they, they're decent. And um, I think I've, you know, I've worked myself up to a point where I know my value mm. and I do not back down on that. Right. I really don't. I negotiate at the beginning of a project what I think it, Generally, it's based on time. Mm. I think that's probably helpful for your listeners too. Like, I, I look at how long the project's going to take and I give a window of, mm. you know, this has actually been a saviour for me. So what I've worked out is if I give a window and the lower end of the scale is obviously it's in the client's interest to hit that and I just let them know, like, I've got, you know, X to Y in terms of, or A to B in terms of what it could cost. And it's in both our interests to make our communication succinct and your feedback succinct and everything succinct and then it will cost you less, Mm. you know, Mm. and then it takes a little bit of the headache out of that back and forth and it just makes my life a bit easier. And and then I'm also really, um, I always work better when I know that I'm being being valued. Yeah. Um, So it's 
better for everyone yeah. in that sense. Yeah. yeah, that's really good advice. I think mm-hmm. that anyone listening who's starting out and also uh, leveraging all the elements of your experience as well. I think sometimes when we come from a corporate background that's very systematic and it can be really hard to put a value on our own work because we know what we used to get charged mm-hmm. out at as mm-hmm. especially being an architect as mm-hmm. an alley rate and then it's like oh but you've actually got to think about that accumulative value yes. how you like to work best and so when when women come to me and they want to go out on their own deciding what that value looks like we take into consideration all of that Mm. but also going well how are you going to work and what type of like you said what type of clients do you want to attract Mm. and how much are they willing to pay and do you want five clients this year or do you want 20 or 30 yeah Yeah. how much do you work like what does because this is the other thing like work isn't Work's a piece of the pie. Mm. That's one thing that I always come back to. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to be working 24-7. Mm. I, I, I even can't. if you love the project. Even if I love the yeah. project. Like, I am way more lit up about a project if I've looked after myself first. And because I work really, really closely with my clients um, and they become, you know, near and dear to me, mm. like, they don't want me exhausted. You know, they don't want me to be you know, in a bad mood when we're in, you know, when we're working together, having meetings, like, I think you need to think about, um, yeah, like, what's going to work for you to, so that work, you know, gives back what you need it to, but doesn't take over your entire life, unless, of course, you want it to, and that's, you know, that's up to you, but I'm not about that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) amazing. So, I would love to know, your experience because have you ever worked in an agency as a designer no No. interesting so uh when you decided to go out on your own I think that's always an interesting move is that people either have the choice to build an agency and pay people Mm -hmm. under them even if they're still technically working on their own how does how do you work now because you have collaborating partners uh, yeah, how does that work in terms of your model for people yeah. listening to this? So I think because it's been so organic the way it's come together yeah. um, and uh, I've been trying to nail it down. So I'm actually catching me in the middle of that right now, right. which I think is, you know, like I'm happy to be honest about yeah. how it's all going. It's been hard to yeah. work out, you know, I'm getting enough um, inquiries now. I'm getting enough inquiries now. I wasn't sure if I said that right. Um, to hire someone else, at least at a um, a casual or part time mm. kind of basis, and and that makes sense, right? Like I'm like, well, the well, the work's coming in, and some of it I don't necessarily want to work on, but I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to work on that, but but maybe there's something with that client in the future, whatever. So I'm trying to decide whether or not to hire someone. And then, you know, the other day I was thinking, well, what are the implications of that, of hiring someone? What's mm. that going to mean for my lifestyle? Mm. What's that going to mean for, you know, um, for well, basically my lifestyle? Because that's why I'm doing what I do is because yeah. I like, A, I love the work that I'm doing, but B, it affords me a lot of flexibility. Mm. Um, and I, I love that flexibility. So I'm kind of trying to decide whether or not to to keep moving down the road of 
formalizing myself into an agency mm. um, or whether to kind of lean more into the side of collaborating just one-on-one because that gives me that um, like almost that colleague kind of yeah that, that relationship within work because otherwise I'm working by myself mm. and I do miss you know banter at work mm. and, and kind of that social aspect um, so yeah thinking about leaning into um, more collaborations and just kind of working on my own and then I guess the other alternative is to start to look into products and um, creating my own things versus being the collaborator yes yes so that's where I'm I'm still at that fork which I've been at for a while but I'm, I'm really happy with where things are it's just if I'm going to start steering the ship more you know consciously mm. which way am I steering mm. how hard do you want to push the ship yeah. how much do you want to leave it for the you know the, like let the tide take yeah. <laughs> yeah or the weather or, or the weather yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly right but I think something I've always ad- admired about you is you do have this even a whether it's strong or not an intuitive sense of mm. things will happen at the right time and yeah. and that that is true we can have the seed of an idea I know there's things that I've especially for me like some some goals that I've had set maybe five years ago and now they're fully coming into fruition yeah. and it might be in a slightly different way mm. than I expected but it's like oh yeah I remember back when I mm. said I wanted to be doing more of this, and then and then all of a sudden it's yeah happened. yeah yeah so you but you can't discount like you say all of the little breadcrumbs that yeah. you've left along the way. When I look back, yeah. they're the things that you know I, I'm super proud of mm. the things that I've done and the things I've said yes to and like where it's brought me. I I never feel great about for me. I I see other people do it beautifully, but I never feel great about strong arming an idea Mm. or like you know being too formal about the way Mm. I conduct my business because then it becomes too businessy for me like I kind of work and life definitely bleed into each other um and I I guess I kind of like it Mm. in the sense that clients become friends and you know like that sort of thing everything is um yeah I don't know there's no clear delineation and um what will be will be a little bit yeah and that's that served me well so far yeah yeah so we've talked a little bit about your ability to take a vision and uh transpose I guess transpire is that the word manifest manifest I feel like it's manifesting it's like this like (laughs) thing up in the air that I'm like oh and you kind of like grab at it and pull it down. And even someone else's manifestation, you can take that yeah. and help them. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. Like, What's your idea? Let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Um, do you think that's part of your, I, I, where I'm going with this is, is one of my skills as a coach is being able to help people unpack their zone of genius. And, and often I can see someone's zone of genius before they can even yeah. see it, but through the process of working together, we get really clear on on that. And maybe you've read Gay Hendrick's book, no. and The Big Leap. No. There you go. Put it on, <laughs> on the list. <laughs> I think you would love it because he goes a lot into the energetics of moving into your zone of genius and what that means for you mm. energetically. And, and 
and obviously abundance and prosperity that follows in other areas of your life. But so for me, zone of genius is a big thing. What do you think are some of the things that sum up your zone of genius? Because there's a world of designers out there, mm. right? But every designer has their own little sweet spot of yeah. where they fit in. And I know you said on your website where ideas become things. Um, what? Tell us a little bit about what that actually looks like for you when you sit down with a client. Mm. What's your first meeting like? Um, and well, it's funny because I don't, I don't, I haven't had many clients that start as clients, or you know that that reach out to me and are like, oh, I, you know, I heard about you or I found you on your website or whatever. Mm. Like it's it's. I'm trying to think if there's been any. It's always been a referral or a chance meeting mm-hmm. with a person without an agenda. So what what happens generally is that I think one of the things I do do, and the other day I got really embarrassed about it, is that I, I'm a natural, I hate the word networker, but it it I make Connector. connections yeah. with people. Yeah quickly yeah and we generally I mean ideas just kind of come I don't know there's something about it like this is a little magic that happens and we'll get an idea and we'll like run with it and we'll get excited and it'll happen mm. so you know for instance the most recent book that I so Sally's book we met she hadn't it, there was no agenda to our first catch-up however seven months down the track we've set a book off to mm. print and it's gorgeous like Mm. she's so stoked and I'm so stoked like it's just it's been such a fun project but I think my zone of genius is um that I just really care Mm. like you know and so when I meet someone with an amazing idea and maybe generally I think I probably like you in the coaching realm it's like an idea that needs to be coached and I think I'm like you can do this like you can absolutely do this and then that's what happens it's like I, I feel like I am part designer or creative, part, um, like, sometimes, um, like, counsellor. Cheerleader. Cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, like, so I'm just the support as well. So yeah. I think, um, and then it just becomes a really beautiful, mm. you know, working relationship that, you know, becomes lifelong friends too. Yeah. So I think then the recommendations that come up off the back of that, um, they're always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about these collaborations. How do they work? You've said they've come very organically. Mm. Um, Would you have any suggestions for women out there who are looking to seek out collaborations or build these relationships? I know you said that you started just simply connecting with Sally, Mm. maybe connecting for a coffee, and then it went from there. But if you were to reverse engineer your process for people that (laughs) maybe feel like being a connector, well, you you know, typically when people are seeking out collaborations, they're actually a natural connector. They, They just don't believe yet. In that part of themselves yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you also have to say look there's a reason why you're doing this because you're probably great at meeting people and connecting mm-hmm. but 
if they do feel a little bit shy and a little bit reserved about this process, what's some thoughts on how people could get started if they have ideas for things that they want to bring to life? Yeah, I think like, you know, I, I don't, I think pressure needs to be taken off. Yeah. You know, I think that um, there isn't a formula per se, but I think that if you're intent, I think it's all about intention. Like, mm-hmm. why are you seeking out these things? Are you, are, is it all about you? Or is it more about um, just, like, letting what's going to eventuate, eventuate? So go out and be in the world and make these connections and trust that mm-hmm. the ones that are meant to rise to the top will. Like, the yeah. ones that are meant to, something's meant to come of it will. Um, and I think, you know, if, People can smell if, you know, you're out to get them or you're not, you'd like to take advantage of them or to get something out of them from a mile away. Mm. So I think that be genuine. Like if you are interested in someone and the work they do, express that. Mm. Show interest. Let it be genuine interest because, you know, that's where you'll both benefit, Mm. I think. Like if you kind of just go oh that person looks like the right like target like I'm gonna go for that person like see what happens and push 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 I think there is an energetic kind of knowing there yeah and I mean for both like I think for both parties like you don't want to be working on something that like is too hard work Mm. you know Mm. yeah especially if you're putting your heart and soul into it yeah you've both got to come at it come at it with the right intent yeah Yeah. intention yeah and that's that's something uh that's so um beautiful because in yoga nidra Mm. we we said a sankalpa yeah Yeah. so um that's the sanskrit word it is sanskrit Mm -hmm. it means like like heart intention or like it's like an affirmation of yeah. sorts Yeah. yeah yeah so i think um it's beautiful that you said that because i think that you've always probably had that um, maybe naturally, but yeah. also through your yoga have understood the, yeah. the purpose of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it. I think in all areas of life, it's a really good thing to think about. Like, what are you? Like, why are you doing what you're doing? And and is it like a pure intent, or is there, like, you know. Yeah, is it is it true? Is it yeah. true for you? Is it is it going to benefit all parties? Yeah, you know. And yeah. I mean, I think what like whether you believe that that's the way that the world works, or whether it's just that you can kind of see that that's probably better for everyone if your intentions are good. Mm. You know, sure, some people come out pretty well with crappy intentions. You know, like there are not so great people in the world, but I just don't want to be one of them. You yeah, know? like I want to believe that. I'm doing good work and it's benefiting everyone involved. Yeah. So talk to me about some of the projects that you've got on at the moment Mm -hmm. and uh, what your your work looks like for Mm -hmm. you right now and what your vision is for the next few years. Yeah. Yeah. Is that too far? So. The current projects I've kind of mentioned, we've just got, we've sent a book to print. It will be available, <clears throat> it's called Healthy Nourished Soul. Um, it will be available, it's by Sally Barry, I'm the creative director on that one. Um, it'll be ready for Christmas in Australia. Um, 
then I've got the, the website with Jana, Attune to the Moon. That's going to be an amazing experience. So it'll be a membership platform that basically um, you sign up for. I'm not quite sure on the pricing yet, but it's a monthly membership and it's kind of designed to, um, you've got the the sun season. So at the moment we're in, we've just started Virgo season. Mm-hmm. So for the 28 days, it'll be like looking at, everything through the lens of Virgo but then every two and a half days when the moon changes signs um, all the practices on the website update so any practice you take from that website is completely aligned what a body of work it's incredible (laughs) so our developer that Jenna I don't know how she found him um, he used to work in San Fran he's now based in Ottawa in Canada and he has worked out how to sync up the timing of the website to the planetary movement so automatically, like every two and a half days, it'll be a new yoga nidra, a new um, breathwork practice, a new... Um... So every two and a half days, so that's approximately two per week. Mm-hmm. So she... She's not doing other practices. Oh. So, um, okay. so what it is, is pre-record, pre-recorded content, but it's like designed around astrology. So uh. um, there, there will be live classes too. Uh, I think they'll... You know, I think there are added add-ons to the membership. Um, but basically, it's just all designed to get you in sync with what's going on, mm. you know, with the moon if you're... Or with all of the planets if you're into astrology. Wow. She's an incredible teacher, so it'll all be amazing anyway. But I think the experience is going to be really cool. Like, it's looking really, really fun. And because Marco, our developer, he knows his stuff yeah um that you know the user experience and everything's gonna be really cool too yeah so that's a huge project um and it's exciting to be part of you know moving into the future because i think it'll you know evolve as we move forward um i'm working on a a branding for an alternative housing project okay would you probably be interested in with architecture yeah so it's um small clusters of um, architecturally designed residential dwellings that are kind of have shared amenities and those sorts of things that... Where is that based? Newcastle. Ah. Well, the Hunter. Yeah. So it's it's a concept now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're looking for land. But but the idea is that... Um, I want to live there. It sounds so cool, <laughs> right? So it's like you yeah. still get your own house. It's like, it's like the modern day tribe. Yeah. So you still get your own house. Beautifully do you designed. know Assemble from Melbourne? Mm-hmm. Mm, they do a lot of, they've done, done urban style projects oh, cool. like that. Down, down <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cool. So the same kind of thing, shared amenities, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, Assemble, yeah, B L E. Yeah, yeah, and they, they do something similar. Um, they produce. Well, they were producing like a magazine that mm-hmm. kind of, they would quarterly magazine that yeah. they would send out an update and then there's also the cape do you know that no. project which is all like eight like nine my research. Ten star. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh by s- uh, the same people that uh, small giant uh, small uh, giants yes so Dumbo Feather Sociable yeah. Weaver yeah it's right. all of those I love everything in that realm yeah like I think that the you know all the articles and everything that come out through them are just too yeah. much. Yeah, but this mm-hmm. sounds exactly what yeah, Newcastle cool. could could need. You know, I know, and I think that project. the idea is that there'll be many different kind of sites. Yeah, and um, that 
you know, the, the basically the two things we're tackling are sustainability because this model of housing is great for the environment because there's shared... I mean, first of all, they're going to be, um, like, I think... He's just, uh, our architect's just done a passive housing, this passive housing certificate. Yeah. So basically the houses are going to be, you know, zero carbon emissions yeah. or low carbon footprint at least. And then with all the shared amenities, it's great for the environment because, mm. you know, you're, you're shouldering the load. Mm. And then also there's the issue of um, the loneliness epidemic, yeah. which, you know, it seems to be rising in this modern era, but by, ship, by creating these spaces, it's going to foster community and you know, belonging mm. and all that kind of thing, yeah. which it's really different from anything I've worked on before, but it's it's exciting. Yeah. It's really nice to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, and s- sounds like a project that's very values-aligned. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. This has been such a, a magic conversation. <laughs> uh, it always is when we catch up, but I'm yeah. so glad to get this uh, recorded so that everybody can hear a little bit about your story, your process, and how you've found this sweet spot now with your design design career. This this next iteration of your mm-hmm. journey. Who mm-hmm. knows what the <laughs> the the rest of your career is going to look like? But it really seems like you've hit a good place in your yeah. journey. So thank you so much, Jess, you, for your time Ruby. today. It's been lovely. Such a pleasure. Mm-hmm.